Welcome to the Locked Home Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your Thursday. It is Thursday, July 1st. We're officially halfway done with 2021. The month of July is starting, and it's such a fun and action-packed sports month. The NBA and NHL champions for 2021 will be determined this month. Major League Baseball's draft and All-Star game occur this month. Of course, we've got the 2021 NBA draft going on this month, which we're going to have a lot of content on here from the Grizzlies' perspective on Locked Grizzlies, and of course the 2021 Summer Olympics. So a lot of fun going on, but before we get to all that fun, especially the NBA draft coverage, we want to continue and conclude our 2021 Memphis Grizzlies player review series, and today we're focused on the front court duo of career years that occurred this year. Probably, I would say at least during the regular season, probably statistically, the two biggest reasons why the Grizzlies were able to exceed expectations despite being without several of their best players at times, and that's Kyle Anderson and Jonas Valanciunas. In the first segment, we'll focus on Jonas's season. The second, we'll look at Kyle's, and then in the third, we'll discuss both players, as both players will be coming up on expiring contracts their last year of their current contracts in Memphis this upcoming year. So obviously, their future will come into focus as time goes on as well. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz. Myself, Sean Coleman at StatsSAC. My name is Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies for three years with Grizzly Bear Blues. I'm a credentialed media member. I also have been the host here at Locked on Grizzlies now for 16 months. Here is the one place that you can get your latest Grizzlies news, insight, perspectives, and honest truth every single day. Your Grizzlies every day on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. And we ask that you listen, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. We always want to make sure we're providing content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. We also want to remind you of the title sponsor to our show, Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. So let's jump right into it. And that player is Jonas Valanciunas. Now, Let's be honest, Jonas Valanciunas at times can be a very polarizing subject when it comes to Grizzlies Nation, and for good reason, right? There's so many different ways to love him. There's so many different reasons to love him. He absolutely is a fan favorite because, in my opinion, there's a lot of similarities between Jonas Valanciunas and the player who many will recognize as the greatest Grizzly ever, and that's Zach Randolph. Their style of play what they're most effective at when it comes to playing physical ball in the post and rebounding, how much they truly embrace their teammates in the city of Memphis. All those things are true about Zach Randolph and Jonas Valanciunas. And while Jonas is not, in my opinion, as complete of an offensive player as Zach Randolph is, I do feel that the thing that they do best, which is rebounding, Jonas now has enough of a track record to say, in my opinion, He's the best rebounder in the history of the Grizzlies. Now, that could certainly be debated because the longevity of how how elite Zach Randolph was at rebounding over the time that he spent with the Grizzlies, that certainly has relevance. But when it comes to the peak and doing it in multiple years, doing it in back-to-back years at a high rate, Jonas Valanciunas, what he's done over the past two years for the Grizzlies, they're the best two years in terms of rebounding rate in the history of the franchise. And that's exactly what Jonas is asked to do. In a lineup that is young, that is youthful, that likes to get out on the run, a lot of times will play a small ball lineup. Jonas is asked to be a physical force in the paint and to rebound. And that's exactly what he's done. But the thing about it is this, is that Jonas didn't just rebound 
at a career best rate and at the best rate in the history of the Grizzlies franchise this year. Across the board, Jonas actually had career years when it came, this was truly a career year across the board for Jonas. In terms of points per game, this was the highest points per game average he had had in his career at 17.1 points per game. It was the best um, uh, field goal percent, or excuse me, true shooting percentage year that Jonas has ever had. Obviously, as we mentioned, the best rebounding season that Jonas has ever had. So it wasn't just rebounding. Across the board, Jonas Valanciunas stepped up his game when it was needed the most. He truly was the most consistent offensive player this team had this season, and it was because of the fact that he had the best offensive year of his career. But his success when it came to producing, especially on offense, it wasn't just limited to the Grizzlies. It was also shined when it came to the NBA. If there was one player on the Grizzlies this year that was elite at his position compared to his peers in the NBA, it was Jonas Valanciunas. Take this, for instance. In terms of points per game among center, Jonas was 11th in points per game among centers. But across the NBA, Jonas was second in offensive rebounds per game at 4.1, third in total rebounds per game at 12.5, and Jonas ranked first in second chance points. He led the league with 5.2 second chance points per game. And that's why the impact of Jonas Valanciunas shines through rebounding. It's not just the fact that he scores on a consistent basis on the first opportunity when his teammates look for him. It's the fact that he gets offensive rebounds almost as better as anybody in the league and puts those rebounds back and converts those rebounds back into points better than anybody in the league. He truly is a force on the boards that helps the Grizzlies get that possession advantage that they need, but also his defensive rebounding. He's one of the best in the league, obviously, at limiting offensive rebound opportunities against the opposition because of how well he grabs the boards. So in terms of being a two-way player, yeah, Jonas is not that in terms of actual defense, and he's not that to the level of where others are as far as being a rim protector, but I do think that sometimes it's underrated how much value Jonas Valanciunas adds by limiting the ability for the opposition of the Grizzlies to get offensive rebounds because of how frequently he gets his hands on the ball when there's a miss on when the Grizzlies are playing defense. That has very good value when it comes to Jonas Valanciunas' production. And the thing is, if we want to get truly historic, if we truly want to have fun when it comes to Jonas Valanciunas' season, think about this. Jonas had 17.1 points per game, 12.5 rebounds per game, and also had 4.1 offensive rebounds per game, while also having an effective field goal percentage above 60% and a true shooting percentage above 60%. The only other player in NBA history who is who averaged at least 17 points, 12 total rebounds, 4 offensive rebounds, and then a, a 60% or better effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage the only other player besides Jonas to do that in NBA history was Charles Barkley back in the 86-87 season. Is that a bit of stat man manipulation? Sure. But the point of bringing that up is that it shows just how rare it's been in NBA history that someone has had the impact on the offensive boards on both 
boards on the end of the court, as well as being the scoring presence that Jonas was. It's a pretty rare occurrence. Not saying he's had one of the best seasons ever that a center has had, but in terms of the all the overall impact of rebounding on both ends of the court and scoring at a significantly high level, that describes just how awesome Jonas was this season. But of course, it was during the regular season, right? And it was on the offensive end of the court. And the thing about Jonas is nobody's ever questioned the fact that he can get double-doubles. Nobody's ever questioned the fact that he could rebound and that he could score. The question with Jonas is, what would he do in the playoffs? And the thing is, is that Jonas, at the end of the season, as we went through the playing games and as we went into the playoffs, Jonas wasn't necessarily negative in terms of when he was on the court. He was in terms of numbers in general, yes, but he wasn't just absolutely a liability. It's not like Jonas just absolutely stopped playing well and played horribly. Was he a liability? Yes, the numbers back that up. The numbers do back that up. The thing about it is, though, is that Jonas, once again, in my opinion, proved the narrative about him. When it comes to doing what he's asked to do, score in the paint, be a physical presence, and rebound, Jonas is incredibly effective at those things. He's incredibly effective at what he's asked to do. It's just that especially when the games get into high leverage and playoff situations, what Jonas is incredibly effective at doing is not incredibly influential on winning basketball games. It's just not, and that's the truth about Jonas Valanciunas. He is incredible at what he's asked to do, and we're not taking anything away from him. It's just true, though, the narrative shows we've seen even better centers like Rudy Gobert and others that have stepped away from being as effective as they were during the regular season once they get in the playoffs because the game expands out on the perimeter. But at the end of the day, Jonas Valanciunas does exactly what he's asked to do, and he does it highly, highly effectively. It was truly a difference maker for this Grizzlies team during the regular season. But at the end of the day, when it comes to Jonas Valanciunas' value, it's incredibly high during the regular season as it should be because he's incredibly good at what he does best. But when games get more important, is the importance of Jonas Valanciunas the same? Or does he do things as much as he needs to do in order to make an impact as the game changes in the playoffs? I don't think so. And that's something important to remember. So that's not anything to slander or be negative towards Jonas. It's just to be as truthful as we can be. Jonas is an absolutely incredible asset for the Grizzlies, but the value of that asset does go down in value a bit in the high leverage and playoff situations. And that is certainly something I think that carries relevance, just as much relevance as Jonas's success on the court this season. But obviously Jonas wasn't the only front court player That absolutely excelled this year. Coming up, we're going to discuss Kyle Anderson and how he certainly was one of the more improved players in the league, not only because of his scoring, but because of the consistency that he had in supporting his teammates. We'll be right back with you. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? I I didn't either. 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. It is really that surprising. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. 
It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, your state. You name the stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be. One-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. And the great thing is, they have a great promotion going on. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on to get a 300% match on your first play. Listen, we all love options. You know, teams love to have coaching options. Players love to have, you know, player options on their contract. And I know that people love to have options when it comes to their taste buds. Well, what if you had plenty of options, so many options, you couldn't go wrong with what you choose. It was all for a great taste, and it was in a product that also offered health benefits. That's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have it in the morning for breakfast, in the afternoon as a snack, before or after a workout. Whenever you choose to enjoy it, it's going to add a good boost to your day. And the great thing is, you can go to BuiltBar.com right now and choose from over 18 different flavors of Built Bars. And you can't go wrong. No matter what choice you choose, you're going to be happy. And another great thing is if you go to BillBar.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from BillBar. Once you make it a part of your day, it's there to stay. Go to BillBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from BillBar. On today's Road to the Finals, our our NBA playoff coverage, is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Coming up on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we're going to conclude our player review series by looking at the two players who absolutely shined on the biggest stage this year, both Dylan Brooks and John Morant. Now, not as much drama when it comes to their futures in Memphis, but what do we feel about the sustainability of Dylan and the ability of Jaw to take that next step consistently into next year? We'll discuss that as well as the special seasons both players had on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So of course though, we're talking about the veteran front court duo presence of Jonas Valanciunas and Kyle Anderson that truly made a big difference for the Grizzlies this year. And the thing is, is that while Jonas just basically took the next step up in doing what he's always done well, the reason why Kyle was arguably the Grizzlies' best player this year, certainly was their most improved player, and received votes when it came to most improved player in the NBA this season, is because not only did Kyle do what he usually does, across-the-board contributions, you know, high IQ, consistently making winning plays, he added the benefit of becoming a reliable three-point shooter. And that's what allowed for Kyle to take that next step to become a much more significantly valuable player than he previously had been when it came to his ability to produce on the court. And the thing about it is this, is that Kyle did it all by taking on a much more expanded role than he had in the past. For instance, this year, 
Kyle Anderson averaged 9.5 shots per game. The next highest amount that he had averaged per game before this season was 6.4 in his first season in Memphis. Kyle Anderson also averaged 5.7 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists, and 1.2 steals. He averaged 12.4 points. In the first week of the season, not only did Kyle set a new career high for points in a Grizzlies uniform, he came right back out the next game and reset the career high for him. Not only in a Grizzlies uniform, but in terms of a career high for himself and obviously for what he did for the Grizzlies. There were many nights where Kyle Anderson's contribution across the board in terms of double-digit points, assists, rebounds, blocks, or steals, he, he, he joined groups in the history of the Memphis Grizzlies franchise of players. He, his production was rare in terms of how many nights he contributed across the board at the level that he did. But to get an idea of just how valuable, of just how many ways Kyle Anderson impacts the game, look at this stat. This season, in the NBA, only eight players in the NBA this year, in 60 or more games, averaged 10-plus points per game, 5-plus rebounds, 3-plus assists, while also making at least one three and producing at least one steal per game. Now, I know that's a lot of stats, but the point is, is to show just how few players in the NBA consistently make a significant impact across the board on both ends of the court. Again, these are the players this year in at least 60 games that averaged 10-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, 3-plus assists, and made at least one three and produced at least one steal per, per game. Here's the names. Dante DiVincenzo, Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, and Kyle Anderson. Now, obviously, besides Dante DiVincenzo, the other six names that are on that list, Kyle and Dante are at a lower level than that list. But that just goes to show how rare it is in the NBA today that you get a player who contributes in as many ways as Kyle Anderson at the level that he contributes across the board on a per-game basis. But the key about it is, is that this has always been the case. Kyle Anderson has always been someone who contributed assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, and got you double-digit points. He's always been able to do that. But now add in the caveat of him being a reliable three-point shooter. This season, or before this season, in 7,000-plus minutes in the NBA, as a total, in terms of his total three-point shooting, Kyle Anderson was 82 for 264 in just over 7,200 career minutes through his first six seasons in the NBA coming into this season. 82 of 264 over 7,200 minutes. This year, in just under 1,900 minutes, Kyle Anderson was 94 for 261. Kyle Anderson is absolutely along with DeAnthony Melton, they are the best examples of the value that Coach Taylor Jenkins and his staff adds in terms of taking a player and being able to tap into untapped potential. With DeAnthony Melton 
And with Kyle Anderson, Coach Taylor Jenkins has been able to take two players who do add value defensively, and he's been able to turn them into significant offensive contributors because of the fact that he has been able to allow for them to develop a shot. Kyle Anderson truly now is a 3 and D player, and not only that, he's a player that can create turnovers, plus can in general play defense. Kyle Anderson is a great source of rebounds. He's a great source of team defense and intelligence. He can create steals as well as blocks. He can contribute in that philosophy that the Grizzlies showed well, especially during the middle part of the season, of throwing different long, lengthy bodies at perimeter scores. You throw Dylan, you throw Kyle, you throw Justice, you throw DeAnthony at those guys. Him and Dylan did a good job of combining to stop the best scores on the offensive end. He can play big. He can play small. He can shoot from the top. He can also shoot from the corner. The versatility that many of us had hoped we would eventually see with Kyle Anderson was there on a consistent basis this year, and it shined through. But that shows just how special Kyle Anderson was this year. He not only continued to contribute in the way that we've seen Kyle do in the past, but you legitimately now add a reliable three-point shooter on top of it. You've got, in my opinion, easily a top 100 value player in the game. And that's saying a lot from where what from where Kyle was when he signed with the Grizzlies three years ago. So it's not only a tribute to Coach Taylor Jenkins and his staff, it's also a tribute to Kyle Anderson, who embraced what Jenkins wanted him to do, worked at it. Kyle himself said once he got healthy in the summer of 2020 and was able to really focus on what Taylor Jenkins wanted him to do, that unlocked the next level of his game, the next evolution of Kyle Anderson, and we saw it all year this year. And it's a big reason why that quartet of Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas was so beneficial, was so productive at times when they were on the court to give the Grizzlies a chance to win. The shift focus for the Grizzlies, in large part due to Kyle and Jonas, because of the fact that their improved play made the strength of this Grizzlies team their starters instead of their bench. And it was because of the across the contributions, across the board contributions of Kyle, along with being a reliable shooter. He certainly did take a significant step this year as being a contributor to the Grizzlies. And obviously, he's expanded the value that he has. He's become a different type of player, a significantly more valuable player as time goes on. And it benefited both he and the Grizzlies this year, and hopefully will continue to do that next season. But the thing about it is this, in no way, shape, or form do I feel is anyone concerned that Jonas and Kyle are going to be significant contributors next season. It's beyond that that comes into play for this Grizzlies team. Coming up, I'm going to talk about despite the fact that both these players had career years this season, that does not necessarily mean it clearly makes them members of this Grizzlies team as time goes on. Because based off their play this year, they're probably in line to earn more than their current contracts pay them. And that may not necessarily be the most ideal outcome for this Grizzlies team. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. 
researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four flavors of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. It also has created a a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors itself, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes and plug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. Subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NBA listeners, go to Lucy.com and use promo code LOCKEDNBA to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum and lozenges. That's Lucy.com and use code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning. This product contains nicotine delivered for, derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.com, and be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the sun has officially set on the Los Angeles Clippers season. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today fo- podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, want to remind everyone that tomorrow we will be finishing up our player review series when it comes to John Morant and Dylan Brooks. Both had excellent ends to the season, but what about the start of their seasons? And can they keep up the momentum from how well they played in the playoffs into next season to continue to take the next step in the evolution of their careers? Two careers that are very important to the future of this Grizzlies organization. We'll discuss that, and next week we'll get right into starting our NBA draft coverage for the month of July leading up to the NBA draft. All month long in July, we're going to discuss different perspectives when it comes to the NBA draft and looking at all the different avenues the Grizzlies can take to improve the team through the draft. That and much more, obviously, tomorrow and into next week here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So we've discussed... Jonas Valanciunas and Kyle Anderson. And without a doubt, both Jonas and Kyle Anderson had career seasons. They had their best seasons as professionals this year. And the thing or as professional basketballs this year. And the thing about it is this: so many different factors went into why they had those years that are important. They were they they Coach Taylor Jenkins has a great relationship with both players, which allowed for them to have the motivation and the joy and the excitement. It sounds like I'm doing a Michelob Ultra ad, but that's not the case. Their relationship with Taylor Jenkins, as well as each other and the rest of the roster, creates a culture and environment that allowed for them to continue to develop as players to reach new heights when it came to their production. Their roles... Were They knew that they were relied upon more this year than they had been in the past. There was no choice but for them to produce, and that's exactly what they did. And the other big thing about it for the Grizzlies is that both players were able to add extra elements to their game. For both, 
It was the three-point shooting. For Jonas Valanciunas, it was increased scoring. And for Kyle Anderson, it obviously was the ability to go both as a complimentary piece, as someone who could be kind of in the background as a supporting cast member, but also who could step up and be a featured scorer when he needed to be. So it's not just that the, both these players reached the highest levels of what they did well before this season, during the 2021 season, it's that they both added new elements to their game that increased their value as players moving forward. And without a doubt, they're very valuable to the Grizzlies moving forward, right? Both players are extremely valuable to the Grizzlies. In fact, I would say, regardless of if you're looking in the present, we'll look into next season. In my opinion, the five most important players for the Grizzlies to continue to have success next season on the current roster are obviously John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas. But one big thing about both Kyle and Jonas that does not apply to the other three players that I mentioned is that both Kyle and Jonas are playing the final years of their contract. And they are significantly older. They're both into their late 20s. They're in the prime of their careers. Both This easily could be the peak year of both players' careers this past season. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm saying it could be the case. And though it was great to see there's no negative that comes from the fact that these players had their career years when it was needed the most due to the youth of the Grizzlies roster, the youth in the front court not developing as they hope due to injury, and other factors coming into play. Though it could not have happened at a better time for both Kyle and Jonas or the Grizzlies, it creates a bit of an interesting dilemma in my opinion. Because without a doubt, when you look at the Grizzlies' future going forward next year and beyond, of the five players that I just mentioned as being most important to the Grizzlies' present and future, you know that John and Jaron are the pillars of your future. And you know that after next season, the contribution or the commitments to them, the investments in both John and Jaron, increased exponentially because they'll be on their second contracts of their careers. So that is a factor. Unless something just unexpectedly changes, not only do you know that John and Jaron are not going anywhere, you know that your commitment, your investment in both of them is going to get significantly higher going forward. And that's the point guard that you're revolving the whole team around. And in Jaron, that's your front court piece that you're building that part of the team around for the future. Logic. Makes sense. They got the two highest ceilings when it comes to talent going forward. And you also know that with Dylan's improved play this year and with on the 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 um bargain of a contract that he has now, you know that in terms of a wing piece, of a wing talent that you can start going forward, that, that also is the leader of your defense, that's what Dylan is. So in terms of a starting lineup in the present and future, you've got your three constants. You've got Jaw, Jaron, and Dylan. And then when you add in Colin and Jonas, that's the starting lineup that you had at the end of the season, right? What did that get you? It got you into the playoffs, which is wonderful. It absolutely got you into the playoffs. Not because of the of, of the, the starting lineup 
uh, that specific starting lineup. A big reason why the Grizzlies got into the playoffs was because Ja, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas were so good together as a quartet, and then you added in a shooter. Well, that shooter this season was Grayson Allen Desmond or Desmond Bain. You add in Jaron shooting, you probably have a better starting lineup even than the one that shined this year at times with Grayson and Bain in the lineup. So your lineup going into next year, say it is Ja, Jaron, Kyle, Dylan, and Jonas. Even if Jaron gets back to what he was, is there confidence long-term that if your starting lineup is Ja, Dylan, Jaron, Kyle, and Jonas, is there confidence that that lineup gets you past the first round of the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think that that starting lineup probably over the next two year, two to three years, in my opinion, either gets you in the top four of the Western Conference in terms of the conference standings, barring just a lot of different injuries going on externally elsewhere, or do I think that starting lineup gets you past the first round confidently? Because at the end of the day, we know that starting lineups, your starters, are going to take on more responsibility since rotations get smaller. And my point for bringing all this up is this. Is that if you know that Kyle, or excuse me, Jaron, John, and Dylan certainly are going to be three of your starters going forward due to their age, due to their potential, and contracts, then that lets you know that if you don't confidently feel that those three plus Kyle and Jonas as being your five most important players over the next few season, if you don't confidently feel that's going to put you in a significantly better position to advance in the playoffs going forward than it does now, then the places to upgrade are Kyle and Jonas. And so what that means is, is that this year combined, Kyle's going to make $9.35 million Jonas is going to make $14 million. The Grizzlies are paying over $23 million to Kyle and Jonas this season. Based off their play this year, and the likely fact that they're going to continue to be good contributing members of the team next year, it's very logical for both of them to want to get pay increases since they still clearly are going to be around 30 years old and still going to be able to contribute. They're both going to want in my opinion, probably a bit of a pay raise. So if you're already looking at paying them $23 million this upcoming year, to keep both of them around beyond next year, you're looking at a $30 million commitment between Kyle and Jonas. And with what we just mentioned, if Jaron comes into the fold as your starting four next year and Kyle's your starting three, Logically, the Grizzlies at some point are going to have to make an upgrade somewhere. And you would think that that upgrade would be as a wing. And Kyle is the most logical player to upgrade on. And so if that's the case, for this team to take on to be the next version of itself, it likely is with Kyle not being in the starting lineup. So his role gets reduced. With Jonas... You know that his value as a featured player, as a player that plays 25 to 30 minutes a game, his value goes down in high leverage and playoff situations. 
So you probably, even if he did start for you, say Jaron really steps up to being a reliable defender next year, and you've got some, for lack of a better way of putting it, modern version of Mark and Zach between Jaron and Jonas. I feel that that's a fine option at your four and five to start games over the next few years, especially if Jaron is the shooter that he was during the sophomore during his sophomore season and becomes a, a somewhat reliable defender. I think you're fine with that. But at the end of the day, it's not just starting when it comes to high leverage and playoff situations. It's who are you going to put on the court when the games get close? Because we've seen so many games this year that have been decided late. Jonas is not a player you can rely upon a lot of times in the playoffs late in games. So now, while his role may be a bit more featured than Kyle, you're also talking about another player in Jonas who you're not going to be able to have in your closing five unit. So you're talking about potentially a $30 million commitment to two players who certainly, logically, have earned that commitment, but whose roles are going to be reduced from what earned them that commitment, if it makes sense. In other words, Kyle and Jonas, in my opinion, in terms of the evolution of this Grizzlies franchise, if Kyle and Jonas continue to be in as featured a role as they were this past season, I feel that the ceiling of this Grizzlies team is as a first-round playoff exit. That's nothing against the Grizzlies. It's just the truth. It's where they are right now. That's the point of this roster continuing to improve. But if the roster is to continue to improve, and you already logically know that Kyle, or excuse me, Dylan, Jaw, and Jaron are a part of that future, they're a part of future evolutions of this team, I don't think that you can say the same thing about Kyle and Jonas with the fact that they logically are going to want to be paid more than they are now, but they're going to be in reduced roles going forward. And for that reason, that's why I feel it makes the best sense for them to simply play out their contracts. Both players certainly want to be in Memphis. And there are avenues where it makes sense for both players to remain in Memphis. But in terms of what the Grizzlies are looking at, in terms of what decisions they're going to have to make in order to put this franchise in the best position possible to win titles, I feel that significant long-term commitments to both Kyle and Jonas may not be the most ideal way to accomplish that. So what does that mean? If that's the case right now, does that mean that that could potentially open up other avenues where maybe you don't see them play out their entire contracts in Memphis? I think that's a possibility, especially when it comes to Kyle. I think that there is more likelihood that Jonas stays a bit longer term in Memphis than Kyle does because I think that Jonas probably has a bit more of a specified role and, and, and you know, hard-to-replace role as the five to support Jaron, especially if Jaron were to develop his defensive game. I think then you could probably make it work for Jonas to maybe get a two-year, $30 million contract, even get the Steven Adams contract. It may not be the best value, but if Jaron becomes the, you know, all-star talent that we all know he can become, I think that Jonas is not that bad of a complimentary partner for him over the next few years. But I do think that Kyle is someone that you could see moved in the right deal if the Grizzlies decide to move assets around to go get another piece that's going to be in the fold longer 
and also has a higher upside. So overall, I certainly think that it's a wonderful development for both Kyle and Jonas to have had, to have had the career years that they had. It's wonderful for them, and it was obviously integral to the Grizzlies continuing to exceed expectations and get the playoff experience that's going to be invaluable for this team moving forward. But moving forward, if you have two pieces in Kyle and Jonas who logically, and just to be honest, rightfully, have a reason to request a pay increase because of how well they've paid on their current contracts, but they likely are going to need to play in reduced roles moving forward as this Grizzlies team continues to evolve into a better shooting from distance, smaller ball, faster paced, more efficient team when it comes to shooting the ball from three, being able to switch on defense, so on and so forth. Having two veterans that you're going to likely have to pay more to keep them around, but it's going to be logical to have them in reduced roles moving forward, I don't know if that's the most ideal route to go in terms of extending both of them. And if that's the case, if you can get value for one or both of them now, I think it's worth at least listening, especially more on Kyle's end than Jonas's. I don't mean to be negative, and I don't mean to, in any way, shape, or form, say that the developments that have happened both for Kyle and Jonas this year and for the Grizzlies and the roles that they had, I don't think in any way, shape, or form that's a negative. It's certainly not, a, it's never a negative to have many players continue to improve as in terms of their value. But especially if the younger front court players and Brandon Clark and Jaron and Xavier Tillman and others continue to improve, I think the need for Kyle Anderson and Jonas Valanciunas' games, especially at the price you're going to have to pay to keep those games around, I think it's less of a necessity. So I think at the end of the day, probably an 80-90% to chance both Kyle and Jonas are back with the Grizzlies next year. Because at the very least, you get their contributions to try to build off the success from last year. And at the end of the year, they're expiring contracts that open up cap space for you. That certainly is something to be considered, and that's why I think both of them will be with the Grizzlies next season. But I do think that both of them will continue to play out the last years of their contracts, and while one of them may eventually be an extension candidate with the Grizzlies, I find it hard to believe both of them will. Because I do think with as much logic as you could put towards keeping them around in their roles, two players that we know would love to be in Memphis, I think there's just as much logic as to why it probably doesn't make sense with where you're going to need it to improve as a team as time goes on. I think that both Kyle and Jonas over the next 12 months are going to be two of the more interesting players to follow. And though if a trade were to occur that involved either one of them would not be that favorably looked upon by Grizz fans, and I, and I don't blame them a bit, they sh both players should be loved as much as they are. These are the type of tough decisions the Grizzlies are going to start to need to make. They're going to have to start making in order to put this team in the best position to win long term. Don't forget tomorrow we're going to have the conclusion of our player review series with John Morant and Dylan Brooks. Until then, follow the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to have been with you. You can find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.